Glad you're here. We're excited to, to, um, to be in this place to, to worship together, to get to know each other, to maybe meet some new uh, friends, new faces, see some faces that you recognize, you've seen in the past. And we're always excited to be be together. Um, real quick, I just have to disclaimer. I know Ryan, he, Ryan, he gets a little dramatic when he's up here talking, doing the announcements. We're not, we're not really going to wash people in blood, all right? So if you're freaking out about that, <laughs> you're thinking, what, blood? No, so it's water. It's the symbolism for Jesus making you clean. Anyways, yeah, we, we know. We just wanted to, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but we just wanted to, to uh, welcome you here. First of all, do we have any teachers in the room? Because we didn't have an opportunity. We do have several, I know. Just stand up if you're a teacher. I'm not going to make you do a dance or sing a song or like you do your students on the first day of school. So we got, look at this. Let's give it up for the teachers. Because their world just got a lot different a few days ago. We know that to be true because they are, they are on task and School has started. I know one young lady I talked to said her school doesn't start till tomorrow. Anybody else has not started school yet? Anybody? I know we got a few college students, slackers. You haven't started school. We do, but most everybody else is in school now. And so for the parents, hallelujah! You're all saying finally some routine. We know where they're at. They're not complaining about being hungry or bored all day long. At least not to you, anyway. Well, welcome to those who are listening via via the podcast. One of those people who listen quite often is my mom. See, mom, I'm talking to you right now. First of all, my mom is bringing cake to the picnic, so thank you, mom, for bringing cake to the picnic. It's going to be a good cake, so you want to be there for that. And then also, my mom mentioned on Facebook that she felt like giving me away when I was a baby. <laughs> I, I know it's the first time I've felt that way. I'm not sure what to think about that. No, she just said I cried a lot, and I didn't, wouldn't sleep. That's not a problem for me anymore. You ask my wife. I go to sleep fast. Like, she'll be in mid-sentence. I'll be asleep. Just finish the sentence when we wake up in the morning. And so, Mom, I, I'm glad you're coming today. We're so excited to get a chance to see you. Okay, I'm just going to have to tell you, most of you already know, but today's my birthday. Everybody say, aw, it's my birthday. Do not sing happy birthday to me. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Don't sing. Um, we do want to pray, though, for, um, for there, just in this last couple of weeks, there's been a couple of young men that have been in some really serious car accidents, and one is um, a family that uh, comes to our church. Another is a, a family that I've known through church and through the middle school. Brenda Snow is a secretary at the middle school, and her son Logan was in a very terrible car accident a few days ago and uh, was thrown from his car. If there was ever a time to be thrown from a car, this was probably that time because the vehicle caught on fire when it wrecked, and he's, uh, he's very, very fortunate to be alive. He's going to be okay. He's gonna, obviously, he's going to take some time to heal so we got these families that are going through some pretty traumatic times, and that's just a small section. I'm sure every single one of us have things that are going on in our life, and we just want to pray for them. Also, we think about uh, praying for peace in a country very far away in Iraq, but also praying for peace in a city that's right down I-70 in this crazy world that we live in. So let's just pray together right now. So we, Lord, we come to you in this name that is above all names, the name that we'll talk about a lot today, and that name is Jesus. Jesus, would you meet um, these families that are going through this, this difficult time right where they're at? For one, God, we praise you that these young men have another chance, that they have been, their lives have been spared. They're not out of the woods yet. Matter of fact, Ian right now, Lord, is 
They're trying to wean him off of the ventilator so that he can breathe on his own. And so I pray for the breath of God to enter into his lungs for him to breathe on his own so that he can heal quicker. Lord, we thank you that you spared Logan's life. I pray that the work you're going to do in his heart and his his life, the work you're going to do in his family that you're already doing in his family to uh, bring them closer to one another. God, you work all things together for the good of those who love you. Not all things are good, like the situation in Iraq with the Christians there and with all the stuff that's going on. It's not good, but God, we ask for you to make it good. Be with the, the followers of Jesus there who claim your name to strengthen them in their time of uh, temptation and trial right now, Lord. Also, um, we just pray for our, for our friends down the road uh, in Ferguson, Missouri. God, that your peace would reign. Jesus, you would reign, like that song we were singing earlier. Reign there. Um, and only you can make that happen, God. Let us do what we can do to, to bring about that peace, that reconciliation. Uh, give us wisdom on how to make that happen. We don't even know what to do. Uh, Lord, let us just be... Um, aware of the opportunities in our own life, in our own circles of influence, how we can bring peace in a world where there seems to be none right now. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things it says in the back of our church, or our church that we will we'll be a church that will pray. And so we can do that. We can offer that. It doesn't cost anything. It just gives, it takes a little bit of time. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the, um, the prayers Prayers from Scripture, and I, so I did a little research on the longest prayers in the Bible. Actually, I didn't really do any research, I just Googled it, all right? So we just live in a world of Google, you don't have to really do much, you just Google it, boom, it pops up, you have all these options, and we looked at some, the longest prayers, and we're going to talk about the shortest prayer in the Bible, and you're thinking, please be the shortest prayer, Brady, don't make the longest prayer, how long are we going to be here? We're not going to be here long, because we have a picnic to go to, it's my birthday, remember, all right? We're going to the picnic, it's going to be fun, we're going to baptize people there. Uh, my, my prayer was five. I think we're going to double that number of baptisms, and uh, so we're excited. If you hadn't planned on coming, come anyway. We'll have plenty of food, and you might think today after we're done, like, you know what? I need to be baptized too. Um, then show up, and we'll, we'll be a part of that, and it'll be awesome. So some of the longest prayers in the Bible. One is in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, all right? So go to, the, go to that place in the Bible. If you have your Bible with you, like split it down the middle and go left, and you'll find it eventually not too far away um, in the book of Nehemiah. We do have some Bibles that we provide. Uh, when you find a page number for Nehemiah chapter 9, somebody like shout it out in the Bible that's provided. Now, it's not going to work for everybody because your Bibles are all different. My page number is 628. Where are you at, Ryan? 390. 390. Wow, okay. 628 because my words are bigger because I realized not too long ago that I was starting to have trouble seeing, so I had to buy a reader's Bible. That was, plus, it feels good in my hands. So Nehemiah chapter 9, we won't read the, the whole prayer, but this is one of the prayers in the Bible that, uh, that really caught my attention while I was looking um, at this one, and it, and it's, it is, um, starts at verse 5 and then goes on from there. But I want to just back up a little bit. we give a little bit of history. So Nehemiah is, uh, is this man who helped um, restore the, uh, the wall around Jerusalem. And as they've been working and they're completing the project, 
they like rediscovered the word of God. Like, you know, have you ever had those moments in your life where you really probably haven't been in your Bible very much recently, or maybe you were more when you were younger and life took over, you had kids and they sucked the life right out of you. Now the kids always suck the life right out of you, but they just take over your life and you've, you've kind of like forgotten like the word of the Lord. And then all of a sudden you've rediscovered it and you're like, man, this is amazing. Especially if you have a Bible where you've written stuff in, it's like you can revisit this old friend that you haven't visited with for a while. Have you ever felt that way? You know, like, I, I like that feeling. I mean, I, sometimes I feel bad about it. It's like, oh, I wish I would have been in my Bible more. But I love the fact that God is always faithful. And he's always waiting there for me to have this conversation. Like, we never get to that place and God's like, no, you blew up. Like, he doesn't leave a sign and say, I was here a few minutes ago. You're too late. No, God is always waiting for us to have these, these conversations, these times with him. So God's word is always available. So they're like, they rediscover God's word. It says that they're reading it in verse um, 3. It says in uh, Nehemiah chapter 9 it says they stood where they were read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and you're just glad that the service lasts for about an hour okay for a quarter of the day and if that wasn't enough then they spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God so they spent a quarter of the day in God's word reading God's word and they were reading it out loud and people were listening to it and then they spent the next quarter of the day praying. They were in confession. They were worshiping the Lord together. They were pouring out their hearts before the Lord. The, the worship leaders, the Levites, were leading them. And it said later on, it says in verse uh, 4, or verse 5, it says, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is, ever, who is from everlasting to everlasting. And this is just the first paragraph of the prayer. I just want to share this with you. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You are alone are the Lord. You made the heavens and even the highest heavens and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Wow. That's a good prayer. That's just the beginning of it. It goes on to give a, a history of, of God's people, a history of their story. And it's a story that we're all familiar with in our own lives. It's a story that kind of goes like this. The people listened and they obeyed and they were excited and they were like, yes, Lord, we're gonna go with you, Lord, whatever. We've seen you work in our lives. We, we just did a history lesson. We saw all the ways God has been faithful and God, yes, we're gonna follow you. But then it says they rebelled. <laughs> they got stiff-necked. They refused to listen. But none of us have ever been there. So we're just, let's just learn from them, okay? It says, but you are forgiving, or you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And that's how this prayer goes. It's just the repetitive, yes, the people listen, then they rebel. But, but God, who is still faithful, who is still loving, still gracious, still merciful, is there for them throughout this whole time. Well, one of the prayers that's, that's even longer than that is Psalm 119, if you consider that a prayer, 176 verses, and you're going, please, Brady, don't go through all of those. We're not, because we have a picnic, all right? Remember, it's my birthday, all right? Maybe next week, <laughs> when it's not my birthday. Another prayer is in John chapter 17. John chapter 17, we won't read the whole thing, but in this particular prayer, if you read it, you'll see that Jesus, is a whole chapter of Jesus praying and in this prayer, this is really probably considered the longest prayer because of the amount of time that it covers. Because basically it covers from the beginning to Jesus' present time when he's praying it, and then it reaches into the future. 
Because he prays, he's praying to God and he's saying, thank you for the, the glory that we had in the very beginning with each other. And then he prays for the current time, prays for his disciples right then, and then he prays for you and me. If you, you didn't know Jesus has ever prayed for you, read the last section of John chapter 17. Jesus was praying for you, future believers, future people who would hear the message of the good news of Jesus Christ and put their faith and trust in him. He was praying for you and me. So that actually, as far as time covered, from the very beginning of time until the end of time, until the future, that's the longest prayer. Maybe not as many words, but it is the longest prayer in the Bible. Well, what about the shortest prayer? What do you think? What do you think is the shortest prayer in the Bible? Any, any thought? Any thought? Somebody's whispering. Somebody's like, I don't, I don't know if I should say it. There's no wrong answer to this, by the way. Just what do you think it is? Shortest prayer. Jesus wept, all right? Yeah, that's pretty sure. That's two words right there. Jesus wept, all right? What else? That's anything else that comes to mind? How many of you know a story about a guy named Peter who was brave enough to walk on water? What, did, what was Peter's prayer when he started to sink? Lord, save me. Okay? He didn't have an opportunity to rehearse like, okay, dear God in heaven, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for the food. <laughs> thank you for my mom and dad. Thank you for, I'm thinking, Lord, save me. <laughs> and so that's all he had time to get out, which by the way is a pretty powerful prayer if you think about it, because that really applies to every area of our life, doesn't it? Like we could pray that prayer daily. <laughs> Man, it's the beginning of a new school year. Lord, save me. <laughs> My baby is awake and it is 3 a.m. This is not right. Lord, save me. Um, they don't need me anymore where I work. So they've downsized or they've whatever, or I've done something stupid and I got in trouble and so now I don't have a job. I don't know where, how I'm going to pay my bills. Lord, save me. You know, but even shorter than that, is just the name of Jesus. Because Jesus' name is probably the most powerful prayer that we can pray. So I want to share this, this video with you. Life gets tough And times get hard And it's hard to find the truth In all the lies
Jesus. First time my wife heard that song, you know, of course it just evoked tears and there's something passionate about just the way they even sing the song, but something about the words of that song, like, like even if I don't know anything else to say, even if I can't even get save me out, I can just say his name. There's something about that name, right? It's an old hymn. There's, there's something about his name given to him by his parents. You know, when we think about what we're going to name our children, the significance it's going to have, you know, I think my mom named me after like someone that she knew, it was somebody else's last name or whatever, and she gave me this name. Um, she, th- she put some thought into it, but the name of Jesus, there's it's so much more than just that. It, there's, there's meaning behind the name, right? Because it said that he would save his people from their sins. Like, that's the power of this name. It's a name that is above all names, it says. It's a, a name where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and, and I think about this a lot. I think about there is going to be a time, and I was, I was sharing yesterday, I had the opportunity to go um, have a conversation with this young man. He's 18 years old. He has um, squandered the last um, eight weeks of his life. His parents have told him, here's the ultimatum, either you get it together or you've got to move out. And, uh, and so today is the end of that eight weeks, and he's going to have to leave because he just didn't get it. He just didn't figure it out. So I went over there to talk to this young man and share with him. And I said, you know, I said, let me ask you something. Have you ever confessed the name of Jesus? He said, you know, I did. When I was 16 years old, I, it was a couple, about a year and a half ago, I was at a youth camp and I gave my life to Jesus then. I, I guess I didn't really mean it because I haven't really been living that way. And I said, you know, let me just share with you. I said, it's best now to go ahead and bow your knee and confess his name with your tongue. It's best to do it now instead of wait because one of these days, everyone's going to have to do it. But for those who have chosen to do it and say, Lord, save me and confess his name that way, it's going to be a great joy. But for those who have not chosen, who are made to, it's going to be a real time of sorrow. And I said, for the last eight weeks, you haven't been bowing your knee before the Lord. He's like, I know, I know. I said, start now. Don't wait. Don't be made to that we will either humble ourselves or we will be humbled in life, right? I know several situations in my own life where I have been humbled. But then when the times when I choose to be humble, with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, God does not despise that, and he welcomes me into his presence. There is healing in Jesus' name. We read about it in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John go to the to pray at three o'clock in the afternoon and they meet a man who who is in need and he wants something from them and what do they say they say silver or gold i have none but what i do have in the name of jesus get up and walk so there's healing in the name of jesus we pray in that name for a purpose we pray in the name of jesus uh, i think it was one of my kids when they were younger like is jesus's name amen well, it sounds kind of like that, don't we? It's like, well, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So his name must be amen, right? But we pray in his name because he, he intercedes for us before the Father. Jesus told his followers that in his name, repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached from that moment on. Like in this name, in no other name, repentance and forgiveness of sins. I want you to look with me in the book of Acts. See, that's back to your right, all the way into the New Testament. Verse 
verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, page 1408 in my big reader Bible. It's going to be smaller in yours, maybe. So, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So, I'm going to, I'm going to read it in the version that I have. If somebody else has a different version, I want you to, I want you to read it out loud for me. So I'm going to read it first. It says, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus, right? Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So who has something that sounds a little bit different than that? Same meaning, but sounds a little bit different. Yes, Don, stand up and read it for me, brother. We must be saved by it, okay, in the name of Jesus. John chapter 1 says, when you believe in his name, you're given the right to be called the children of God. Like there's something about that name when you choose to believe in it, to make it more than just head knowledge, but you allow it to transfer into your heart, you actually change, your family changes. You become a child of God. So there's something about that name. So I want to I want to do something with you this morning. We've got some time left here, and uh, I want to try to figure out how to do this. Let's put this over here. All right. So I'm going to um, I'm going to need some volunteers. Okay. Now, if you're listening via podcast, we're going to have people come up and they're going to act something out, and so we'll hope, hopefully walk through it together where you can understand what I'm doing. And so I need someone who can who can play a character that represents God. Okay, Mitch, you're a perfect example of that. He's my, he's my son-in-law. He can't say no, all right? <laughs> you can't say Jesus and run either, all right? It's not going to work for you. It's not going to, Lord, save me, is what he's saying right now. Come on up, Mitch. All right, so Mitch, you're going to stand over here. He's, he's a big guy, good-looking guy. Looks like Jesus, doesn't he? Looks like God, all right? And now I need someone that represents humankind, like mankind, like all of us, someone that just encompasses all of us, somebody so beautiful and radiant. Bailey, come on up, all right? <laughs> She's my daughter. She can't say no, all right? It's my birthday. Humor me, okay? All right. This is like <laughs> yeah, I'm taking your gift back is what she's saying. All right, so come on over. So let's go ahead and stand next to him because you're married to him anyway, all right? Let's just act like you guys like each other. Hold hands or something. That's perfect. All right, so, so just to understand uh, just the basic good news of Jesus Christ, I just, this is something I just want to make sure that you communicate this with, with you guys, and I want to do this often. We won't act it out all the time, but this is something I think is such an important message. If salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus, how do we find salvation then? I mean, for one, you just call, calling out to the name of Jesus will do that, okay? So I want to do something that represents... Um, God and man. So in the beginning, God created us to be with him. Okay, this is the gospel. We're going to break down G-O-S-P-E-L. The G is God created us to be with him. The whole reason you breathe in and out is to be in relationship with the Father. Created by him, for him. And when you discover that relationship, Life has more purpose and meaning. And we'll discover what happens 
when we pull away from God and we make other choices and it causes problem in the relationship. But at the very beginning, God created us to be with him. In his image, he created them to be like him, to be with him, to be in relationship. And they lived together in perfect harmony. They were together. They walked in the cool of the day together, and they had a relationship. And we don't know how long that relationship lasted. It could have been for a really long period of time. God had already proven his faithfulness to them. He had already shown them what he was capable of, and they were together, and they loved one another. But then it says, oh, our sin separated us from God. Now you're like, whoa, 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 our sin, Brady? I wasn't there. I wasn't there in the beginning. I did not make that decision. I mean, Adam and Eve were told, hey, you could eat from everything in the garden, but this one particular tree, you cannot have anything from that tree. Stay away from that, but everything else is yours. But then something happened. And so man made a decision based on the free will that was given to him by God, and he chose to not honor his father, and he chose to do his own thing. Now you can see why it says our sin, because we are all guilty of that. The Bible says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory, and we've proven that at one level or another in our life, every single one of us. Even the smallest of kids, once they get to a certain age, you start to see that nature come alive this rebellious spirit alive in them. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And you're like, oh, and now it came from my um, forefathers. <laughs> it's a legacy been passed on to us. And that legacy is a legacy of death because sin causes separation. And it basically looks more like this. So God stands with his arms open. And man stands with his back to the one who gave him life in the first place. Now, now just real, right off the bat, these are, this is a married couple. Can you imagine what this would look like in a relationship, in this relationship? Not that there won't be some times where it'll be like this or maybe the other way around, but this is what happens when sin enters in. Sin causes distance, and our sin separates us from God. All right, so now you're like, okay, now what? What do we do about that? Well, the reality is, is we do nothing about it. Now, we could try, and lots of religions have built on the premise of trying to get back to God. Like, if I could just be a better person, if I could just prove to God my worthiness, like if I could just show Him that I love Him, if I could just perform for Him, or, or whatever it is, if I could just, maybe if I could just give more, or just show up occasionally. Or if I could just do something to get God to love me. And the, the Bible says that sin cannot be removed by good deeds. Um, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says it's not by works. We cannot do it. Because if we could do it, you know what we would do? We would say it was all us. Like we would boast about it somehow. We would say, I did this. God, I know you did your part, but look what I have done. Why do we know that to be true? Because we're human. And that's just how we operate. Sin cannot be removed by good deeds. But paying the price for sin, that's the P. Jesus came and he died on a cross. And not only did he die, but it says he rose again. Jesus paid the price. Jesus, the only one worthy to go before the Lord and offer that sacrifice. We could have offered ourselves. We could have said, you know what, then I'll just die for my own sin. Well, you know what, then you would just be dead, still separated from God. 
it would not accomplish what you'd want it to accomplish. Only Jesus was worthy. So it says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him, right, will have, will not perish, but have everlasting life. He said he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He had plenty of reason to condemn the world. Man made this choice. And Jesus could say, look what you have done. You deserve to be condemned. But it said he came into the world to save the world. And that whoever believes in his name will have everlasting life. And so Jesus paid that price. And he died and he rose again. So that's the P. And then it says, E, everyone who trusts in Christ to make the payment for their sin will have eternal life. And we put our trust in him by believing in the name of Jesus. By believing, confessing with the, in Romans chapter 10. And when we do baptisms today, you're going to confess Jesus is Lord out loud. Because the Bible says when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you trust what Jesus has done for you, then you will be saved. And this is a picture of salvation. This is lost and this is found because this is where we were supposed to be in the beginning. Remember? Created by him for him. We, literally it says in scripture in the end of uh, Ephesians chapter 2, that we are God's handiwork, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to be in this relationship so that we couldn't do anything to earn our salvation, but out of this relationship, we're going to do good things for him. Does that make sense? Like we're created to do good things, not to earn his favor. He already loves us. He's proven his love because in Romans chapter 5, it says, God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still like this, Christ died for us anyway. We were still turning the other way. In our sin, Jesus died for us and gave us the opportunity to have eternal life when we put our trust and faith in Jesus. We all must know this truth. Now, what we do with this truth is really up to us. Everyone who chooses to trust in Jesus, confess Jesus with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus was not only crucified, but he rose from the grave. And that's good news for you and me because that puts a whole different light on death, right? I mean, death is final and death is not fun and it's not easy, but death is not the end because Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. Because it says the last letter is L, because life eternal starts the moment that you believe and lasts forever. That is the good news of Jesus. That is why his name is so powerful. Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes back to the Father but through me. And this is how we were created to be. Thank you for my volunteers. <laughs> And that is the hope of the gospel. That is the hope that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have eternal life. And, and, and yes, it's awesome that we have something to look forward to. It says that the dead in Christ will rise and they'll be with, with, the, with Jesus in heaven forever. And that's great news. And I can't wait for that day. But until then, what am I supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be doing what I told this young man last night, this young man who's sitting there and he's, he's trying to, to uh, reckon with his decisions in his life and what he's got to do at this particular point. And I told him, I said, Garrett, here's the deal. God has worked, he said, things prepared in advance for you to do your whole life. And you've been wandering off the path. And now it's time to get back on. And once you get back on the path, and you're like, all right, Lord, I'm here. I want to follow you. You know, right after you get baptized, like, all right, God, now what? I'm going to bury the old life. I'm going to raise to a new life. Now what? 
So God has things prepared for you to do, and it's up to you to discover what those things are. And you do that by walking in obedience. You do that by being faithful. You do that by trusting in him, even when it doesn't make any sense. You do it by trusting in him. And then he reveals. It's like step by step. It's like, oh, okay, that's what I was supposed to do. Okay, man, I'm going to do that with all my heart. All right, now that's done. Okay, now what, Lord? I mean, it's just expectant, like looking forward and saying, okay, now what? Instead of looking around and looking back. Does that make sense? So for you, as you walk out of here today, what is this next thing God has prepared for me? The reality is, for some of you, the next step you need to take is to putting your trust in Jesus. It's putting your trust in Jesus. And you know what? The, the prayer, the, the salvation prayer, you know what? That's not in the Bible. Because maybe the only thing you know how to pray is just Jesus or Lord save me. Or maybe you say, Lord, I confess with my mouth today that that Jesus, you are Lord, and I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. The Bible says that when you do that, you'll be saved. We're going to um, finish our time together with one more song, and it's about the cross. And so, so it's a moment for you to say, have I called on the name of the Lord? Only you and God know that. Maybe you think you have and you think, you know, I, I, I think I'm good there. Maybe you are. Or maybe you're sure you're not. I would encourage you as it's still called today <laughs> to maybe make the decision to follow Jesus. I told Garrett yesterday, I said, Garrett, I can't make you believe any of this stuff. I can't make you do any of this stuff. Nor can I make any of you. <laughs> but you can choose. You can put your trust in Jesus and watch what he does with your life. Watch him start revealing the things he has planned for you to do. I promise that those things are true. I've lived it in my own life. And people that you trust and you know have lived it too. But I encourage you to put your faith and your hope in him. So bow your heads with me, if you would, please. So just with an opportunity to kind of see kind of where we are at on this journey together. How many would be just bold enough to say that today um, I realize that I have not put my hope in Jesus and I need to. Would you just put your hand up in the air and say, I just need to put my hope in Jesus. Yeah. There's some hands that have went up. And so, God, this word's for you today. And uh, so God's doing something. He's working in your heart. He's, he's speaking to you about something. And I just pray that you'd listen to him and be obedient to him. And uh, take the next step. Call on the name of the Lord today. Confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in his resurrection in your heart. Maybe come and get baptized at the picnic follow Jesus and experience life today and life that lasts forever. Let's worship together. Amen. So excited for you guys to be here with us today. Hopefully you're going to be able to come to the picnic. We do have opportunities to give 
to support the ministry that's going on here at the Calling Community Church, and and we're excited that you're able to do that. It's, a, it's a, such a blessing to to know that people are supporting what it is we're doing, and that money goes obviously to build the kingdom. So thank you for that. So that's and plus, if you ha- if you're new and if you, if you fill out a card, um, it's an informational card. We love that too because I love sending you a note and getting to know you better, and so you can drop that in the basket as well. And so my, my friend, Pastor Brady, um, is uh, Brady and Brady, all right? Can you imagine these two guys down in the city doing ministry together? It's pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, Pastor Brady has a word, and so if you want to use one of Lord, we ask you to cover them under the shadow of your wing. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to just show them your love and mercy and grace and abundance and blessing. We pray for their health. We pray the health of their children and one day their children's children. Mm. And we thank you for them. And, Lord, we bless them and we bless their family to have faith all the days of their life. We pray that their children's children would walk in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And we thank you for them. And we pray that they would be strong in their faith and they would not grow weary in doing good. Mm. And we pray, Lord, that you would give Brady many, many more years. As, as we just bless him on this day of his birth, we pray that you give him many more years to walk on this earth and enjoy good health and safety and blessing and prosperity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what do you say after that <laughs> except for thank you and bless you guys and was so grateful for the time we're going to have together for all of you that can be out there. And uh, if not, hopefully we'll see you next week. All right, thanks.